Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JC Was Podcast. And this is episode number 274, dedicated to a man who, on April 5th, 1987, won his seventh straight NHL scoring title, Mr. Wayne Gretzky. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast during this episode. We will go over why I believe numerous people have the wrong mindset about talking trash in sports and why Caitlin Clark cannot enter the WNBA draft. But before we get to any of that, there are numerous people out there that are saying UConn is now a college basketball blue blood. Or maybe they're coming out and saying UConn has always been a college basketball blue blood, but after winning another national championship, they are sounding and beating that drum a lot louder than they used to. When I hear this thought, I say pump the brakes, Not so fast, my friend. Let's think about this thing before you make this statement again because it doesn't make sense. To me, if you have blue blood in college basketball or college football, and to me those are the only two sports that we really discuss this blue blood conversation, you cannot put UConn in this conversation at all. Now, granted, five national championships in five seasons, spanning three different coaches to Hurley recently, Mr. Ali uh, a few years ago, and then getting it all started with Jim Calhoun back in the 90s, it's great. And the fact that they've had three coaches and spanned and had some really great years and some years that weren't so great as well during this time period, that makes what UConn did and what is doing right now so much more special. But guys, it's hard for me, hard for me to put them in the blue blood conversation because when it comes to blue bloods to me in my mindset, it spans decades, not going back to the 90s, but I mean decades, buddy. And that's <clears throat> to me why they're not here. Now, I've come on here and discussed college football and those blue bloods and uh, the different players that I believe are blue bloods in college football and I am not shying away, and I am not going to change my thought process about why I believe that the blue blood conversation is so exclusive. You can't be out here in 2023 saying somebody's a blue blood when you weren't saying it in 2020. Or you can't say now somebody's a blue blood in 2023 when you weren't saying it in, um, let's go, 2002. Like, you literally just can't do that. That's not how this thing works. This group is so exclusive, which is why, to me, it's so hard. You just can't crack and say, oh, I see a a spot. I see a spot for a school, and bam, there they go. You 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 just can't do that with this conversation here. College football, I, I got five blue bloods. College basketball, there are five blue bloods as well. Now, granted, as you see this, you're going to say, Jay, they all have blue in their color scheme. That was not a part of the plan, but that's just how the cookie crumble for college basketball blue bloods, in my opinion. To me, there's only five college basketball blue bloods. Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, Duke in North Carolina. Now, I am a person that at one point said the Indiana Hoosiers could be a college basketball blue blood, which they have an argument and they do. And if there were a sixth school in this conversation, because there are so many college basketball teams, number six would be the Indiana Hoosiers. And I would have no problem throwing a little red in that blue equation there to say Indiana IU, they are there in the conversation. Now, you may want to say Jay. They haven't been good lately. They haven't really been great um, consistently since Bob Knight was a coach. That's true. I believe they won three national championships in 11 seasons, spanning from 1976 to 1987. So that's great. A great uh, three titles in 11 years. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. But I have a hard time, kind of a hard time. Not Maybe not as hard as I should, 
putting IU in this conversation. When it comes to college football, the Blue Blood conversation here, and I'm going to ruffle some feathers. Some of you might be Michigan Wolverines fans, and y'all know my allegiance, and you guys know that I love the Ohio State Buckeyes. But Ohio State's success has spanned longer and more consistent than that of the Michigan Wolverines. So there are five college football Blue Bloods. Ohio State, Alabama, USC, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. What do all 10, excluding Indiana, of these schools have in common? Their success has spanned decades. Decades. Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and college football. Decades. Going some back to the 30s and 40s, 50s, you see decades of success. A track record of success. Putting a preeminence and a focus on football and hiring the right coach. And you see the success that happens on the football field for those schools and why they are in a class of their own. College basketball, Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, Duke, North Carolina. I think most people listening to this can name at least one coach from all of those schools. Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, Duke, North Carolina. I guarantee you there's a good chance you can name two, maybe three coaches from all of these schools, Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, Duke, North Carolina. Why? Because there's something special. Not just basketball meaning more, but they're good. They are consistent. And it goes from decade after decade after decade. I ain't just talking about the Bill Self. The Bill Self uh, uh, Kansas team. Roy Williams was there as well. Got to the national championship. Won national titles with North Carolina. Uh, if it wasn't for uh, Carmelo Anthony in Syracuse and the one Jim Beheim title that really boosted his resume because without that, Jim Beheim is not looked at the same way. Roy Williams is looked at as a different coach than what he currently is. Still one of my favorite coaches in college basketball of all time. But just what you ran into a Carmelo Anthony uh, talent and player that was just too good. This group is too exclusive. It's too elite. UConn is, is, is great. Don't get me wrong. They're on a great run right now. But being a college basketball blue blood, sorry, buddy. They don't currently fit that description. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Dallas, Texas, because after the national championship game and seeing Angel Reese talk trash in her own way, numerous people are sharing their thoughts about trash talking sports, and the more I read, the more I hear, it makes me scratch my head, because some of it doesn't make sense. Ooh, boy, oh, boy. I've been waiting for this for a long time, a moment in a game where people are responding to trash talk, and when there are disagreements about what is being done, one person does a celebration, another person does something else, and there are two thoughts about how people receive the same movement that was done by two players. It comes back to trash talk. To me, trash talking is always going to be a part of sports. It's always been there. And I hope it doesn't go away. Now, I say that as someone that talks trash. Like, it's what I do. I don't play sports like I used to anymore. I, I don't. I would love to play pick up basketball once again. Recently, I got some shoes to pick that up again. Um, Post-marriage, post-moving, all those things. And I love it. I love talking trash. And the more I know you, the better I know you, know you, the more things that are acceptable for me to say to you while we're playing sports to get a psychological advantage. In the moment, I guarantee the opponents, whenever Caitlin Clark does, you can't see me when Angel, Angel Reese did it um, right by Caitlin Clark. I understand there are people that are going to have two different thoughts, two different mindsets about the action. This one action that was done by two different people. I understand that. I get the world we live in. 
And sometimes I sit here and scratch my head and say, why, why is it okay for one but not okay for the other? These girls aren't out here saying things about people's um, spouses or people they're dating or people you're engaged to or people's kids, people's parents. Like, I understand there are certain things when it comes to trash talk that are off limits. Like, you just don't talk about them. I have seen things in student sections that they go out and do the research and they bring up things about people's girlfriends and uh, things like that in college sports. And it's like, hey, man, hey, certain things you, you just don't do now. I was at a basketball game, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, but I was at a basketball game where an entire student section brought up something that brought laughter to me. It was very, very funny, and I think it's something that I would do myself, and it's not mean. It's just reality. If somebody's hooping, if somebody's cooking you, if somebody's doing things on the basketball court that you can't stop, buddy, I hope they talk trash. Like, if I am out here shooting and I'm shooting it up and lining it up and I'm doing some things that are otherworldly that I can, I, I've done at a certain level, but I haven't done it this consistently and I'm being guarded by the same person, but I hope they talk trash. It's what you do in sports. It's what we do as people. And I say as people, because I understand there are some people listening to this that maybe didn't watch the entire game or you maybe didn't watch the game at all between LSU and Iowa. And we're going to talk more about the numbers about how many people, how many people watched this game because, my gosh, it seems like everybody, everybody tuned in. But there are things that you may tune in and say, ooh, no, I don't like that, or I don't like this, I don't like that. And I always believe this. Pause, think two, three, four, five times before hopping on the Bird app or the Facebook or the Instagram or the TikTok before you share your opinion about what just happened. Because I truly believe if there are a lot of people that just thought, oh, Somebody might say it's okay for Caitlin Clark to do something and talk trash in this way, but it's not okay for Angel Reese. Why? Like, literally tell me your why. And as you explain your why, there are numerous people that say, that may say to themselves, that doesn't make any sense because it doesn't. What does make sense? And I just mentioned this a little bit ago. didn't really plan on going here right now about why I do believe trash talk is okay. I was watching a, I want to say it was a wall bash versus DePaul college basketball game Three or four years ago, may have been during 2020 or 2021 during that time period. Um, actually, it was prior to that, honestly. Um, I was still selling cars. I had a Wednesday night off, and there was a game about an hour away. And I was like, D3 basketball, never see the game. Let's go watch it. And I forget which side um, was actually saying this at the time. I want to say Wabash was home. So Wabash is home. Their rival, DePaul, is there on their, their home court. And there was a guy from DePaul who didn't pay his bookie. And you know, we've all heard the stories. If you're not paying the bookie, buddy, there are guys that might come after you that might break your legs off or, or put some physical harm on you or come back and haunt you until you bring that money. He didn't pay his bookie. Now, I don't know him from anybody. It was the first time seeing him. But that wall bash student section with Nat Cat from DePaul got up there to shoot some free throws. What do they do? Pay your bookie. Pay your bookie. Pay your bookie. And I mean, they said it over and over and over again. And I'm sitting here laughing, laughing out loud. I could not contain myself because what is funny? Like, it's legit funny. Like, you live, to me, this is the stuff I love from student sections. Saying things that aren't cool, harsh, whatever, like astronomically cool, cruel. 
I, I like that stuff. I like it because homie gets to the free throw line. They're like, oh, how do they know about that? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't say that out loud. No, 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 no. Don't do this. Don't do that. And maybe he paid his bookie, but he just paid him late. Or maybe, whatever, maybe the bookie was actually in the student said, I don't know. I'm throwing different ideas out there. I literally don't know. But what I do know is trash talk is fun. I remember myself the time that I was playing pickup basketball back after church on Wednesday evenings. Get out of church, go to the bathroom, change clothes, go out there and play basketball from about 9 o'clock. We get, we get the gym around 8.30, 8.45. So let's say we, we played from 8.45 until 10, 10, 15, 10.30. Remember, we're playing for a long, long time. Sometimes 3, 4, 5. If you're, if you're running the court and you know if you, winner stays on, loser's out, buddy, you're just on there over and over and over and over again. That workout, that cardio – Woo-wee. It was tough at times. I got a little sore, but, buddy, I enjoyed every single week playing the basketball. Played with guys like Robert Salazar, Nathaniel Salazar, Paul Corlew, my buddy Allen. Um, I played basketball with guys. James Penner, a guy I went to high school with, he showed up every now and then. My brother showed up. I mean, we played basketball. It was fun. It was enjoyable. And one thing certain people knew about me, I was going to talk trash. But I had to pick and choose which avenue I was going to use for you. I wouldn't talk trash to everybody. Because to me, sometimes with Robert Salazar, it wasn't always a trash talk because that would fuel him. Sometimes it was staying in his hip pocket. If he's coming around the screen, going underneath the screen, and coming out and trying to be right there in that spot. Once he comes off a screen, catch a shoot kind of guy, being right there. Maybe he's going to... Catch the ball, side dribble one way, side dribble another, a back dribble, do a little dribbling exhibition, and then try to get open. Sometimes I realized trash talk wasn't the best avenue, which is great. Like in college basketball, women's college basketball, men's college basketball, any sport, sometimes trash talk is not the best way to get a psychological advantage over your opponent. Sometimes that's that's true. But when it comes to this moment, when I'm playing pickup basketball, like my brother and I are generally on the same team, so I didn't go that route. Paul Corlew. I could talk trash too, but sometimes that fueled him a little bit. So I kind of had to do different things with certain players. But with my buddy Allen, let me tell you, let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all. I know there are certain things to push a button with certain people, certain uh, people out there. And uh, he was, he's married now. The person is, his wife is, his current wife was his then girlfriend. And I knew there were certain things I could say to Allen that I could say. Not everybody could say that. I could say to Allen that were acceptable and that were about his girlfriend. Now, I am not saying she's going to leave you or um, she's doing this. She, I, I'm not going cruel, cruel, saying harsh, mean, ridiculous things that should never be said about somebody when they're being when they're dating somebody or engaged or married. Like, I don't go that far. But man, I will tell you, there were times Allen would do stuff, and he would, he would, he maybe he botched a layup or missed something, and I'm like, man, you better be glad your girl wasn't here. She laughed at you, and what would Allen do? He would laugh. Like we were, we had that type of friendship, and, and um, we could, I could say those things to him, and he would just laugh. Like, ooh, man, you better make sure she's not here in the stands. Like, man, if she here, she see that, she gonna tell all her girls about how bad you are playing basketball. Allen's a good basketball player. And him and I, I love guarding him. And he, there were times we'd come down on a fast break. I would say certain things. It would mess him up. I'd say something. It wouldn't mess him up. He would get the best of me. There were times I was guarding him on the wing. And I would say certain things as well. A lot of the trash talk would be done when running up and down the court. Uh, he's going back on offense or vice versa just because, it's it, to me, that was the best time. 
if it's one-on-one, I'm guarding him, and he's trying to score, my mindset with him and many people is that's not my time, at least with that person, to talk trash. I will talk trash to some people when I'm guarding them, especially if they're new because it can sometimes throw them off like, who is this guy? Why is he talking trash? What's going on? But with Allen, there are certain things I can say because I know him that are acceptable. And I do believe in trash talking sports like there are certain things that you can say to me or I can say to you that we can say to each other that nobody else can say to us because of the connection and friendship and relationship that we have with each other. Like, I believe that. And I completely understand it. And that's been going on for years. But don't get mad when somebody just starts talking trash and you see certain gestures that aren't mean, that aren't cruel. But you just, it may rub you the wrong way. It can be acceptable and still rub you the wrong way just a tad. I, I, I mean that. Like, there are things that might make me cringe a little when I see it because not everything that's said is going to make you feel good what does make me feel good and should make the women of Iowa and LSU's women's basketball teams feel good and everyone that loves women's sports feel good it's how many people watched the national championship game between LSU and Iowa play on Sunday afternoon also kudos to ESPN for playing this game in the afternoon capitalizing and capturing the moment it was smart a great decision was made to play this game in the afternoon Afternoon on a Sunday. So many people are available to watch the game. Everybody's awake, and these are two really good teams. And Caitlin Clark brings a lot of eyeballs to the television. Putting it in the afternoon was great. It would be smart, so smart, if people stopped playing these big, massive games at 9, 9.20 p.m. Eastern tip. For the men's title game, hello, stop. It's been happening for years. Let's not let it happen anymore. More people watch this game than any women's college basketball game ever. Any Major League Soccer game ever. Any Stanley Cup game since 1973. The 2023 Orange Bowl. The 2023 Sugar Bowl. More people watch this game than any Thursday night football game in 2023. The 2021 NBA Finals. The 2020 World Series. The finale of of The Last of Us and the most recent MLB, NBA, NFL, and All-Star Games. Hey, that's all I got to say, man. Congrats to these women for capitalizing on the moment, capturing the moment. Shout out to everybody that watched the game. Y'all are the real MVPs. And how about people just change their mindset about how they view trash talk? Trash talking in sports, it's going to happen. It's okay. It's a part of why we love watching the sports we love on a regular basis. One thing I'd like to change that I hope never goes back to the way that it currently is, is when women can enter the WNBA draft. The NBA gets a lot of conversation and attention about their rule and not allowing high school players to come straight out of high school into the NBA like it used to. I do believe at some point soon, maybe next year. They will allow players to come directly out of high school to go back into the NBA. I will say this. I do believe it's going to water down the product initially. But I also do understand that it's probably a move the league is going to make. And they'll be pressured to make. And I think next year is that time they're going to make that decision. But I guarantee many of you listening to this show right now have never heard the WNBA rule for when players and women can enter the WNBA draft. And once you hear it, you will probably be disgusted with it like I am. And I don't use that word lightly. I I really mean disgusted because it doesn't make sense. 
it does to increase and improve the product at the WNBA level, but it doesn't make sense when it goes to how other leagues run, but also how the NBA runs, specifically with professional basketball. You would think the NBA and WNBA would have the same rules about when you can enter the draft. Nope. No, buddy, they don't. This is coming directly from the WNBA.com website, frequently asked questions section. And one of them is the question, who's eligible to be drafted? This is coming word for word from their website. Quote, the league requires domestic draft entrants to be at least 22 years old during the year in which the draft takes place and to have no remaining college eligibility or to renounce any future college eligibility. Here's the weird part. International draftees must be at least 20 years old during the year in which the draft takes place. Now, you may say, Jay, why in the world is it different for international players versus domestic players? Well, a lot of the international players are already playing professional basketball, so they may say, oh, there's an exception for you, and some of you might not play college basketball in the state, so we're going to make an exception. That's okay, cool, I get it. 22 years old? Buddy, come on. Make it make sense. Now, for the product on the court, I am a believer in allowing players to have more time in college makes sense. It allows them to mature, not just as a player, but also as a person, so that once they are a professional, they're more, they're better suited to handle the demands and the requirements and the resources thrown at them that they have being a professional basketball player. Also, also, keep this in mind. The WNBA does not pay players a lot as far as for a professional athlete. And some of them play, a lot of them play overseas, so they're playing year-round basketball. And you want somebody mature enough to do that. Now, that's not the league's requirement and uh, job to make sure you're, you're mature enough to be able to handle that. But I guarantee if it's just a product on the court alone, a lot of them want the players to be more mature and more developed and more time in college allows them to do so. Now, Caitlin Clark has only played basketball at Iowa for three years. So once she has more college eligibility left, she's also only 21 years old. This is so confusing. Because your mind would think the WNBA would have the same rule as the NBA. But if you go back through the history of the NBA, there was a time in college basketball, freshmen could not play college basketball on the varsity team. So you think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, UCLA, decades and decades and decades ago, as great as he was then as Lou Alcindor being coached by John Wooden, he could not play on the varsity team because he was a freshman. What happened when he got on the varsity team? Three years, three national titles, the rest is history. So part of this is also a transition, and maybe what's going on with Caitlin Clark, I haven't heard much traction, but maybe there may be thoughts in the WNBA front offices and the teams and the league office as well. And they may be having conversations right now discussing the possibility or when they should change this rule. 22 years old makes me scratch my head. Not having the same rule as the NBA. That's not really crazy because the NBA once allowed people to come right straight out of high school. Then they said, no, you got to go to college. They put an age requirement. They put a time uh, out of high school requirement. Great. Cool. They did that. There may be a time here soon, if not this year. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but maybe over the next couple years where the WNBA starts to dial that thing back and say, oh, we require domestic players to be 22. How about 21? How about 20? Oh, 
college eligibility. How about one year out of college? Yes, I do understand it's going to water down the product in the WNBA, which is why I do believe there needs to be an age requirement or some type of requirement, maybe not age, but how many years outside of high school a player needs to have before entering the WNBA to keep the product in the WNBA where it is and to improve the game and the play that's on the court every time these women play. But the rule doesn't make sense. It does not. It does not. Give me maybe one year, maybe two years. It's not like the body isn't developed enough as a woman to go up and play at that level. Like I truly believe there are numerous and maybe elite only women's basketball players in college that could come one year out of college or two years out of college, go into the WNBA and have a body that is ready to play at that level. I get it. But this rule, 22 years old, either have no eligibility left or renounce any other eligibility, come on, make it make sense. Because that rule right there, especially when you compare it to the rule for international players, it doesn't make sense. Guys, we're out of here. Episode 274. Glad to be here with you. Got some good stuff coming here on the show. Make sure you subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or, or wherever you get your fine podcast. Subscribe to the show. I love this podcast. Love being here with you. Got women's Women in Sports Month coming up in the month of May, Broadcasters Month in June, um, either athletes or just Stevens and Friends in July, leading up to college football starting. I like it. I love it. Love being here with you. Can't wait till we're here again next week to discuss what's going on with the sports we love. This has been Episode 274 of the J. Stevens Podcast. I will see you next time.